everyone. Thanks for checking out this podcast. I hope today's conversation inspires you and builds your faith for the moment you are in right now. Know that God's love for you truly changes everything. Enjoy the message. I've got a big question for you all. I'd love to know, what's the worst job that you've ever had? Like the worst job that you have ever had. I would love to actually get a chance to chat with each of you and hear a bit of your story. Uh, I'm going to share my worst job, absolute worst job that I ever had. Really, really clear in my mind, really simple, tree planting. Tree planting. So tree planting was a couple of my buddies in university. We said, why don't we move to BC? We'll buy some tents. We'll live in those tents. We'll join up with a tree planting crew, and we will go all summer long planting trees. Now, uh, tree planting is a potentially lucrative position. You make about 10 cents a tree, 10 cents every time you take a tree and you stick it in the ground and then you get to go and do it again. Um, but the issue for me was that, it was a few issues actually, um, but one of the issues was the expectations I had about the job I was supposed to do. And maybe you've experienced this kind of thing before where you kind of thought one thing about the job and, and then it turned out to be a little bit different. So my expectation of tree planting was this. So this is like, you know, not with like the pre-planted, whatever is planted there, I have no idea. But, um, but like the idea of like nice rows, nicely cultivated, beautiful day, walking through the woods, dropping your trees into the ground, and like this was going to be the experience. Now, what actually happened is that I arrived at the block the first time that I got a chance to plant trees, and this is what it actually looks like. This is tree planting. What happens is, is you take, if you don't know, you take about 50 pounds worth of trees, more if you think you can carry it, you put it into your satchels, you take your shovel, you get dropped off on the edge here of a block, and it's all clear cut, but you can kind of see like it's messy, there's trees still there, there's regrowth that's happening. You kind of make, you try to make one line all the way to like this kind of nature spot that they left for some of the, you know, the animals and whatnot. And so you try to make a straight line planting trees every few steps along the way, and then you get all the way to there, you turn around and you try to follow your tree line back. But your trees are like this, and the brush is like this, and it's a mess. And then it's not always like even this nice. It's also raining, and there's bugs. And I'm an indoor cat. My friends, like, I belong at a desk job, white collar. Like, come on. So I get to tree planting, and it's a nightmare. It's awful. And so I last about four weeks, and then I quit, and I come home. Uh, the, The fascinating thing, though, is that people actually stuck it out. People actually love tree planting. They go back year after year after year, and they enjoy this kind of experience. They look forward to it. They post about it, and they're all pumped and excited about it. And, and I can't fully comprehend, like, in my own mind why that would be the case, but it at least teaches me a little bit about human nature. There's a lesson in everything. That everybody's wired just a little bit differently, Right? Like, you've got gifts, talents, and abilities, and motivations, core parts of your being, and they're probably a little bit different than mine. And so for some of us, you know, the job that we absolutely hate and could not imagine doing over the long haul is a job that somebody else absolutely and thoroughly loves. The issue, though, the issue that we all kind of face, the issue that maybe you face at different times in your life is this haunting question. What if, what if your job, your responsibility, maybe it's not a job that you're collecting a paycheck for, but your responsibility, the thing that you have to do 
to get through each week? What if your job never actually fully engages your personality, your gifting, your core motivation, who you are? What if your job is actually disconnected from who you are at your core? This is a really haunting question for all sorts of people, and it kind of, I mean, it kind of explains some of the statistics when we look at things like job turnover. And these are old stats. I imagine this is likely a dramatically different scenario now that we've come through and continue to go through the pandemic and what that's meant for people's jobs. But, but before the pandemic, they would do studies and they would define that in Canada, this is Canadian stats, this is us, Canadians can expect to hold roughly 15 different jobs these days during their working career. That's an average. That some of them I'm sure are like reasonable reasons why you would change jobs or you'd have to you know, move to a new place for some reason or another but that there's a lot of folks that spend time, and maybe this has been your story, trying to find a place, a job, a responsibility that unlocks who you were created to be, your personality, your giftings, your wirings, your motivations. And it's important because, at least in the work side of things, in case you didn't know this, this might be a little bit of a sobering thought, but in terms of like your nine to five, your you know, 40 hour a week job, you can expect to spend on the job over the course of your lifetime about 90,000 hours. That's a lot of hours. Just to put it in perspective, that's like watching all nine seasons of The Office about 1,200 times. <laughs> and some of you are close to doing that. But it begs the question, when you're experiencing this kind of disconnect, what if your job, what if your job never fully engages your personality or your gifting, what are you supposed to do about it? Well, interestingly enough, around these parts here at this church, there's a group of people that no matter what their day job is, they've discovered a way to unlock their purpose. They've discovered a way to take their personality, their giftings, the way that they're wired, who God's created them to be, and deploy it for a much bigger vision and dream and purpose. This group of people are are people that you've probably interacted already. If you're here in the room, you've seen them as you've come in. If you're online, you're experiencing the fruits of their labor, but you're also chatting with them in the chat box. They're the group of people that call themselves the volunteers of Moncton Westland. This is a phenomenal group of people. Some of them got up before the sun rose today to make their way here to make these environments happen. Some of them uh, didn't wear their Sunday best because they had to wear a team t-shirt so they could be easily identified. Some of them showed up today only to be spit on, and we hope it's just the ones in the nursery. (laughs) But... Some of them are even not at all volunteering here this morning. Some of them will volunteer later on this week. They'll, they'll host small groups. They'll, they'll come and they'll be a part of our youth ministry. They'll do ministry like you just saw with our partners over in other countries. They will express their gifts through this local church in profound kind of ways. And in doing so, discover that God has actually gifted them on purpose for his purposes. And so we ask this question, have you ever wondered... What makes a person volunteer at Moncton Westland? What makes a person do all of these kinds of crazy things? And maybe you've thought this yourself. If you're kind of new here and you saw these people and and you might have asked the question, something like, are they getting paid? I mean, it's a fair question. There's, you know, you go to events and there's, you know, ushers and people that show you your seat and and that's, you know, kind of a job sometimes. Sometimes they're paid, sometimes they're not either. But no, the the volunteers here aren't, aren't getting paid. That's not why they signed up, and that's not what happens. You might, some people wonder, like, are they, are they doing it out of guilt? 
And like maybe, I don't know, maybe a couple have felt some type of guilt and that's why they volunteer. But to be honest, when you experience and when you interact with our volunteers, you recognize there's a lot of joy that comes with what they're doing, of giving of their time. And, and guilty people, people that are doing things out of guilt, aren't usually that joyful. So then maybe you wonder, like, are they, did they get tricked? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think they've just discovered this really important principle that I want all of us to wrestle with here today, and that's this, that if you are a Jesus follower, if you're a Jesus follower, if you consider yourself someone that is living their life out for this God of the universe and you're following after him, that you are connected, you are connected to something much bigger than yourself. And what that means is that there, I know there's some people that are here in the room or you're watching online and, and you're not quite sure what you believe and we're certainly really grateful that you're here. In fact, part of the reason why we create these kinds of spaces and put things online is so that even if you're not 100% sure of what you believe, that you can wrestle through with us, that you can explore faith and bring your questions. And so we're glad you're here. And, and to be honest, a, a chunk of this message isn't necessarily for you, so you get to be a bit of an observer and understand a little bit of what it means to put your faith and trust in Jesus. So come along for the ride. I think you might actually still gain something from this. But if you are a Christian, if you are a Jesus follower, you are connected to something so much bigger than yourself. You're connected to the church. And, and the unfortunate part is that the church, over time, has kind of been used in a number of different ways. We've, we've articulated church sometimes as like an event, you know? So today you're watching church or you've come to church as if it's like this, this event that happens within just this hour block and that's the end of it. Or sometimes we use church as like the building, like I have to go pick something up from the church or I have a meeting at the church. But from the scriptures, from the very beginning and over time, the church is actually meant to be translated and to be talked about as the gathering of people, as the gathering of Jesus' followers, as this gathering of people that because we come together for the purposes that God has laid out for us, that we might be able to see something supernatural happen. And that in this gathering called the local church, God might actually transform the world around us. And we've seen this throughout history. It's fascinating. If you've ever done the digging, you can discover that like most hospitals have been started by the church. Universities started in history by the church. The church launches these relief organizations and feeds hungry people and looks after people that are hurting. The church does incredible supernatural things because when we gather together on the, on, on purpose, God uses us to do miraculous things in our world and to restore the things that he wants to restore. But you don't have to just take my word for it. This is written into the Christian scriptures. In fact, uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, one of the early converts to Christianity, he went around and planted churches throughout the Mediterranean Rim, and then he would write these letters back to the churches, kind of clarifying things about what it meant to be the church and what it meant to follow after Jesus. And so in one of his letters to the church in Corinth, he got into the weeds on talking about what this means to be this kind of gathering, what it means to be the church, and why this is so critical. And so let's take a look. This is in 1 Corinthians, and, and Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, but also applicable to us, writes this. He says, all of you, all of you, all of you throughout time that gather in this kind of way, all of you here at Moncton Weston that call yourself Jesus followers and that are here a part of this local church, all of you, he's about to give us something important, all of you together are Christ's body, to which somebody in the room as he's dictating this letter probably said like, Christ has a body. 
Like, he, he doesn't need another one. Like, don't you remember? We did that Easter thing, and we put the big styrofoam, uh, you know, the big uh, rock, and we rolled it away. We dressed the guy in linen, the white linen. It was like the Jesus guy. Like, Jesus had a body. Some of us have even seen him. You know, back in those days, as Paul's writing, Jesus had a body. And, and, and Paul would say, true, but, but God has done something spectacular and different and odd and a little bit weird in that he has given to the local church this mission to be the physical, the physical manifestation of God's work in our world today. That all of you together as the local church are the representation of Christ to our world. So when people are like, is God going to do anything about this? God is up there nudging all of us saying, that's your cue. That's you. I've put you on purpose for my purposes in the world today to act together. So you're like, I'm Christ's body? No, not you personally, not you individually, but you when you gather together with other Jesus followers are Christ's body. He goes on. He says, all of you are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Each of you has a specific part that is different that's the whole idea. We all have these unique kind of gifts, drives, motivations, things that make us who we are, that God has, has built into us for his purposes that he wants to accomplish in the world today. And so here we are, we've got a gathering of people, and he says, you're all part of my body. And, and kind of put it a different way, just to make it maybe a little more helpful. You weren't saved as an individual just to live as an individual, because this gets a little bit confusing. Sometimes we think, oh, like my, as long as I can get it right between me and God... That's the story of my faith. But right from scriptures, we know it's not about just your relationship with your heavenly father. Your relationship with the community around you is an indication of how great your relationship with your heavenly father actually is. You weren't saved as an individual to just remain as an individual walled off from other people. You were called into this community. And so Paul actually explains a little bit earlier in his letter, using this metaphor of a body, trying to articulate and help us all to understand what this actually means tangibly for us today. And this is how he explains it. He says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. We get this. We have bodies, so this makes sense. There's different parts to the body. It's all still us. We're all still one but that each of our parts does a little bit of different things. And so he kind of explains how this works. And, and this might have been kind of funny. I don't know. It, it kind of gets lost in translation. But as people were reading this, I imagine maybe at the church in Corinth, they kind of let out a little chuckle, you know? If the foot says, because foot, he can't speak, right? If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And sometimes we get caught up in church world with this idea that there's some parts of the body that are more central or core. And, and usually, it, it comes down to like what's happening on this platform, right? This platform is kind of like the hand a little bit, like a part of the hand, where it's the public thing, it's the thing that people see, there's the musicians, there's the communicators, and so this kind of feels like the body is doing something important for, for church. But, but this is just a small piece of the church happening here on the platform. The majority of work that the body of Christ does is happening in small groups. It's happening through the week. It's happening as we are the hands and feet of Jesus to our neighbors and our coworkers. So much more, so much more happens than just from this platform. But to understand 
This is a part of it. And so some people play their part here on this platform, but other people have the other parts that we need deployed in order to be a healthy body. He explains a little bit more. He says, if the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Right? You can't all do the same thing. We can't all be the lead pastor of Moncton Westland. We love Joel. We're glad we have Joel. We only need one of him. (laughs) So we want to see a body that's fully deployed with all of the parts. Because if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? And so here's what happens is, is we've got a group of people, you're, you know, you're watching, you're, you're here in the room, whatever it might be, and, uh, and you've experienced a little bit of the body gathering together and, and putting on this type of service, but, but you know, you're kind of wondering like, oh, but, but what if I'm not totally playing my part? What if I don't actually know what I'm supposed to be doing with this? We're going to give you a next step here that will start a conversation about what your part might be. Because here's what happens, is even if you don't know your role in the body, even if you're not quite sure what it is, even if you're, maybe you've just been here for you know, a couple months, you're kind of new here, you're not quite sure where you fit, you don't know your role, but you're still part of the body. And it's our responsibility to help you discover what that role might actually be. Or how about this, if you're, if you're not actually playing your part, like you kind of know your part, but for some reason, like, you know, a couple years ago, life got busy, and so you disengaged, and, and, and so you kind of stopped, or the pandemic's been difficult, and, and you, you can't do the things that you would like to do, but, you know, you haven't necessarily dug into the options that you could do from home or online or whatever it might be. And, and so you're kind of not playing your part, but you're still a part of the body. You're just a disconnected part. And disconnected parts of your body, if you leave them disconnected, they kind of get bloated and smelly which is maybe a little bit what you're like now. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, so then thirdly, uh, if no one's ever asked you, maybe you're a little bit uh, shy, you know, and nobody's really asked you to do something or asked you to step into things. Well, the truth is, is even if that's the case, you're still a part of the body. You're a part of, and it doesn't even have to be this body, this local church. There are dozens of local churches throughout our community. There's local churches wherever you're watching from. There's local churches all around the world and and local churches that have existed since Jesus started this whole movement. And if you've chosen to follow him, you are a part of his body, the body of Christ. Now, for the some of you that are like, yeah, okay, but what's my, what are you trying to say if I don't totally believe all of this anyways? Like, you know, your faith isn't there, you're exploring, you're kind of skeptical, all that kind of stuff. And, And to you, I would say, you know, to be honest, you may not think your purposes are tied to his purposes, to God's purposes. Like you may, you may kind of assume like, ah, this is, this is good for you guys. And maybe if it gives you guys, you know, happiness and whatnot, that's great. But I don't, I'm not quite sure about that. And to you, I would say, glad you're here because I actually think that doesn't mean that you don't long for a greater purpose. That deep in your soul, there is this kind of craving to be a part of something bigger than yourself. And although I believe that it's not fully fulfilled until you're following Christ and he places you a part of the body, you can get a a kind of a whiff of what that's like by jumping into something that is bigger than yourself, by by joining a cause that's larger than yourself and, and, and spending of your efforts and energy on behalf of other people, because that is a little bit of what it's like to be a part of the body of Christ. And so no matter where you're at in your faith journey, you should at least to try to do that because if all you do is live for yourself, at the end, you're just going to have yourself to show for yourself. 
That's not a great way to live. So experience what it's like to to chase after that greater purpose. And if it doesn't happen in your day job, there's plenty of other places where you can deploy the way that you've been created for the sake of others. Now, what also happens in church circles, and and I've been in vocational ministry, this has been my job um, for just over a decade. And so, you know, I get a chance to interact with people at different stages in their journey. And sometimes what happens is is that people get disconnected from the body. So they, you know, they decide they they follow Christ and this is my faith, but, but, you know, I'm kind of disconnected from my role in the body. And what ends up happening over time is those people start to articulate things. And this might be a little bit of what you've said even lately and, 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 you know, it could be because of, again, the pandemic and lots of things have changed in life. And so all of a sudden, you're starting to say things like, well, I just don't feel close to God anymore. Oftentimes, that's a sign that you've disconnected yourself from his body. You've disconnected yourself from the body of Christ. And so, of course, you don't feel close to God because you're not close to the things that he's doing in our world today. Maybe you said this instead, I just don't feel like I'm growing in my faith right now. I'll tell you, my faith grows the most when I'm on mission, doing the things that God wants to do in our world today. That's the deepest part of the faith journey because it's in those actions and in those steps that you can actually experience the things that God is trying to do in you and in the people around you. And lastly, sometimes you hear this, you hear, I can't find my purpose. I can't find my purpose. Well, it might be because you're disconnected from the body. And so ask yourself this question, do you spend do you spend time with other Jesus followers accomplishing what God is up to in the world? And like we said, some of it happens here on a Sunday morning and there's plenty of opportunities and places that it can ha- happen that you connect with the body here on a Sunday morning, but lots of it happens outside of Sunday morning. The uh, places that this church and all of the local churches in our area, the places that they're involved in in transforming our world for the better is phenomenal. And it would shock and surprise you if you could sit down and understand and see all of the different things. It's really encouraging, actually. So you have to ask yourself, do you spend time with other Jesus followers? Because your purpose, your purpose is playing your part in what God is doing in our world today. In just a couple of minutes, what I want to do is I want to invite you to the conversation I'm not, I'm not doing a hard sell. You're not signing up to become, you know, rocking babies or signing up for production as of today. Like, the goal here is to start a conversation for those of you that, that need to discover a little bit more of what your part is because maybe you've been on the sidelines for a bit. But before they do, I want to wrestle through a few different questions. I want to tell you a little bit of a story of why this means so much to me personally. So the, the questions that I want us to wrestle with and for you to wrestle with, and, and this, this could be even encouraging if you're on the team already and you're playing your part, to understand kind of what's at stake here. I want, you to, I want you to think about this. I want you to think, what are you missing if you aren't playing your part? What are you personally missing if you don't have those passions, dreams, desires deployed for the sake of the ministry? Secondly, what are others missing if you don't play your part? If God has given the local church, the body of Christ, all of the parts needed to deploy his mission in our community, what happens if if you don't play your part, what do we end up missing? What are others missing? And then lastly, what stories will never get written if you don't play your part? What stories will never get written if you don't play your part? And the reason that I ask that is because my story, and I think your story too, 
But my story is intimately tied up in a group of people playing their part. And interestingly enough, playing their part as a part of this local church. So about 25 years ago, my family, uh, we came here for the very first time. And uh, the family was a little bit different. This is uh, what we looked like. Um, Yep, that's it. No denim comments, please. But I I wore denim today. It didn't match. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, So this is me, my sister, Andrea, my mom, Paulette, and my stepdad, Stacy. And and what happened was, 25 years ago, is we just kind of come through this really difficult time. There was a lot of transition. My, My parents split. Uh, we changed houses, we changed, I changed schools, uh, and, and kind of through it all as we were moving, uh, decided we wanted to try out this church. And so about 25 years ago, we showed up as a family with kind of a lot going on to this place, and the, the building was actually a little bit different. Of course, we didn't have the celebration center or the atrium. It was just kind of that access point into the life center. That was where the front doors were, but, but we parked out here in the parking lot and, and, and came in. And it was, a, uh, it was a volunteer on the front lines who I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I've, it's, it's Rita Mix, and, and she's so personal and, and bubbly to begin with. But for some reason, I think that day God gave her like, eyes to see as he did what was at stake in the life of our family because she connected with us like right off the bat. And she showed us around. She introduced us to people. She made sure that we felt like this was a safe place to be for our family and to to be able to interact with the people that were here. And, and that spark led to us deciding to, to land here as a family and to become a part of this body of Christ, this local church. And Rita had no idea. We had no idea what was at stake in the midst of that one moment. But because of her playing her part and making space for us, we would land here and I would have dozens and dozens more people who would play their part in my life to invest into my story and my faith journey. This would be the place where I would be baptized over in that other auditorium. This is where I'd feel the call to ministry to become a vocational pastor. This is where I met my wife. This is where we got married. We dedicated one of our kids here. All from this one moment that nobody would have had any idea how high the stakes were as we walked in through these doors. But somebody was willing to play their part and it made an eternal difference in my life. And for that I'm unbelievably grateful. But the fascinating thing, friends, is this, is that this week and next week and the week after that, those same types of stories could be written in people's lives. God has put this local church on purpose for his purposes in this community so that those stories could always be written through this local church. But it takes hundreds of people willing to play their part. And so I ask you again, what are you missing if you're not playing your part? And what are others missing if you don't play your part? And what stories might never get written? What are the stakes if you don't play your part? So today... It's really simple. All that I would love for you to do is to start a conversation about what your part might be in this local church. And if you're a Jesus follower, this is an invitation born straight out of Scripture. You have spiritual gifts for the purposes of deploying them through the local church. 
If you're not a Jesus follower, I'd encourage you to give this a shot. We actually have volunteer opportunities that even if you're not quite sure about what we believe or about faith, you've got a spot here and you can experience a little bit of what it's like to give yourself to this grander story and this greater purpose. If you're watching online and you can't be here physically, we have spots for you to be a part of this mission. And so no matter what the story is, I promise you, there is a part for you to play. And all that I want you to do today is head to this website right now. You can pull your phone out. You can use this QR code. You can take a picture of it with your phone right now. And you're just going to fill in your information of how to get in contact with you. And it's an invitation to start a conversation. And we've got a team of people who would love to get to know you, get to know a little bit of your story about some of those gifts, talents, and abilities that you have, and then help you find a place where you can deploy them for the grander story that God has given to us as a church. So MoncktonWesleyan.Church, mw.church slash volunteer. It's a form, looks very simple, just like this. Your name, your email, your phone number. If you have an idea of what you want to talk about in terms of ministry, you can certainly check that off. Um, But this is the spot. So this is the time with your phone. Make sure you've got it. You can do it right now. You can do it immediately afterwards. In fact, if you leave here, there's also a a booth set up, and it looks just like this. Uh, This group of people uh, can actually take your information by pen if you don't have a phone with you, if you don't have data on your phone. Um, There's all sorts of ways we can do this. Uh, But this serve team would love to interact with you and to set up a conversation later on this week or whenever you've got some flexibility. But today is the day we would love to hear from all of you so that you can play your part in this story that God is writing through this local church. One last time, let me show you the site. And the QR code is right here. Please, please, you do not know what's at stake, but we want you to play your part. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I'm eternally grateful for Rita Mix, for a group of small group leaders that invested into my life year after year after year, and I know that they gave up certainly lots of time on Sunday mornings or time in the evenings that they could have been doing so many other things, and yet my life is different because of your local church impacting my life. And God, I know that as we look to our city, that there are thousands of people thousands and thousands of people who desperately need to hear about the hope of Jesus. And you're inviting us all to play our part as the body of Christ. And so God, don't let us waste our opportunity. You've given us these things on purpose for your purposes. And Heavenly Father, it's such a joy to be able to serve you in this way. So we are grateful that we can be saved by you and we're grateful that we can serve in the midst of all that's going on and see you at work in profound ways in our midst. So go with us, spur us onto these things. If there's some people that are a little bit nervous about it because they, you know, they don't have time or they're busy or something else, they've got an excuse of some kind. God, I pray that you would prompt them, remind them, maybe wake them up in the middle of the night, um, give them a little bit of indigestion later today. I don't know, whatever it takes. Um, but I pray that they would be sparked to play their part so that they wouldn't miss the opportunity. And we know that they so desperately need it. And you have got such great plans for them to impact so many others. 
So do your work, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about Moncton Wesleyan, we invite you to visit our website at mw.church. We are here to help you with any questions you might have. See you next time.